welcome to Drinks at the Doll, episode 37, summary of a conversation with Zoe Palmer, Chris Holdenreed, and producer Vanessa Piazza. You're listening to Drinks at the Doll, a podcast waystation for Lost Girl fans. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Chris. And I got the opportunity to sit in on a sci-fi PR call with Chris Holden-Reed, Zoe Palmer, and producer Vanessa Piazza. And I thought that I would share some of what I heard today. My friend Kevin Batchelder over at Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV wasn't able to make this PR call again. He wasn't able to sit on one last week with Anna Silk and Ksenia Solo. And so I got to talk to them last week. And, I, you know... I think Kevin might be getting suspicious. I'm actually the reason why he's been so busy at work and hasn't been able to take the PR calls. (laughs) Sorry, Kevin. It's getting a little expensive to keep you busy, but, you know, it's worth it. No, I'm kidding. He's been very nice and generous and and thought of me when he and his colleagues weren't able to sit in on the call. So thank you, Kevin. They will have actually a recording of the interview and we'll play clips from it in an upcoming episode of theirs. I will link to that episode when it becomes available. But I thought I would go ahead and talk about what was discussed in the interview. Because it was actually kind of strange, both last week and this week. I thought, oh, I probably won't get to ask a question. Kevin says that he usually only gets to ask one. Sometimes he doesn't get to ask any. Last week, I got to ask them four questions, I think. You told me it was four. Yeah. And this week, it was like me and one other person asking questions for the bulk of the interview. So I was completely not prepared with enough questions, (laughs) but I think I did okay. The first question I asked was actually about, to Zoe, about the wig that she had to wear as Amber, saying that, you know, there was quite a bit of strong fan reaction to the wig. And so. Was there? I hadn't noticed. I know, right? Apparently they didn't notice. Chris was like, what kind of reaction was it? Was it good? I was like, people did not like the wig. <laughs> did Chris honestly not know? He did, he seemed to not know. Wow. Well, I guess it wouldn't be directed at him anyway. Right, right. But Vanessa said, I think people just don't like change. They don't like to see Lauren looking different. Like, I don't know. Somebody asked me to ask Zoe if she burned it afterwards. So I think there was a lot of dislike for the wig itself. (laughs) And Annie couldn't be here when we recorded this. But, you know, if you are a regular listener, you know that Annie did really, really, really did not like that wig. (laughs) So when I asked Zoe about the wig, she she said that she's not very good with wigs. She she says they don't really look good on her hats, anything on her head. They don't really look good on her, and she's not particularly comfortable in them. And the, that wig in particular, she felt like it really changed the shape of her face and, you know, just sort of what she looked like. And so it was a very kind of strange experience for her. But she thought it was... Well, she had some issues with it just because of not liking things on her head. She thought it was helpful to play to playing Lauren trying to be somebody different at the beginning of the series. That makes sense. I see that. Yeah, I was kind of curious about that just because she has said in previous interviews that, you know, when somebody asked, you know, what costume piece really makes you feel like your character, she has said her lab coat because when she she feels most comfortable when she's got her lab coat on being Lauren. And, you know, in the beginning of, of season four, she had her red wig. She was wearing really different clothing, no lab coat. So I was kind of curious if that would be a 
kind of a terrifying experience for her, more of a liberating one. But, you know, it does make sense since Lauren is trying to be not herself, that being in such different clothing, looking so different would be helpful to her as an actor. And then I also asked Chris and Zoe about the dynamic between Lauren and Dyson and whether they preferred playing the more antagonistic dynamic between the two of them that we saw at the beginning of the series or the more friendly dynamic that is emerging in season at the end of season three and and definitely in season four. And they both said they really just enjoy them both. They really like working together and they'll kind of take whatever the writers give them to do together. And, you know, Zoe said that she enjoyed playing the antagonistic side and she, she thinks that will maybe always be there to a certain extent between the two of them, but definitely she's enjoying seeing their relationship develop in a more friendly way. No, it's like playful antagonism. Right, right. Yeah, she's, Lauren is still kind of making the, the pot shots at, at Dyson, but they're more in a sort of friendly teasing way than in a, I really dislike you type of way. <laughs> So it's it, now it's more like the interviews that we say that we see with Chris and Zoe. Yes, I feel like their dynamic actually is is emerging to be much like Chris and Chris and Zoe's themselves. Now, something that I thought was interesting that emerged when people were asking about filming the premiere without Anna, they you know both both Chris and Zoe and Vanessa said it kind of felt like they were shooting a different show without Anna there especially Zoe she said because she was off on her own on a completely different and new set it really kind of felt like it wasn't Lost Girl quite and Vanessa mentioned that Anna wasn't originally scripted to be in the the premiere she's only in it for like a flash right where where we see her at the collector's party where Dyson kind of thinks he sees her and then she's gone. That actually wasn't originally scripted. But they called up Anna and were like, do you mind coming in and just doing this brief cameo? And, you know, Vanessa said she was really gracious and a real trooper and came in even though she wasn't scheduled that week. And Chris and Vanessa just said, you know, when she showed up on set and she was there, it was like, oh my gosh, you know, it's so wonderful to have her back. And, and you know, they realized how much how much of like a cohesive presence she brings to the set and, and some really different sort of dynamics kind of emerged when she wasn't there. I can I can see that. And I'm glad they added in that little that little cameo. I thought that was an, a nice moment in the episode. Mm-hmm. Especially since we had one from Kenzie earlier in the episode where she had the flashback to the original diner scene. Right, right. Now I had asked Zoe originally about having sort of started playing Lauren as a very mysterious character and even she herself not being 100% clear what Lauren's past was, what her current situation with the Fae was, what her motivations were, and whether now that she's learning more and more about Lauren, if she ever kind of goes back to reconsider some of those moments in season one and, 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 and two. And she says absolutely all the time, less so now because Lauren's more formed in her mind now. But definitely in season two, season three, because, and she said that, you know, Lauren was obviously the most difficult to play in season one. She will think back to sort of moments and, and she doesn't know if she would necessarily play any of those moments differently, but it, she thinks it is kind of neat to consider them in a new way. What else might have been going on for Lauren in that moment? And mm-hmm. she likes, and she likes that Lauren has always had sort of this mysterious vibe to her, and she continues to be kind of a mystery. You're not quite entirely sure what's going on with her, as we see in this season with the the DNA test, the fake lip going on. <laughs> I'm I'm curious. Does anybody else 
whenever they they think of the fake lip. Does anybody else think about Batman? Is it just me? I have no idea what you're talking about. So no, I do not think about Batman. Well, uh, our listeners, I'm curious. Let me know. So as sort of a a complimentary question to Chris, I I asked him about the fact that, you know, Dyson's this thousand-year-old wolf, and we know very, very little about his very long life. And so I asked him if there was something he really would like to explore in regards to Dyson's past, whether it be a particular historical period or sort of part of Dyson's personal journey. And he mentioned that he really would like to explore the shapeshifter mythology and sort of Dyson's past or or community around being a shifter. And he said he and Jay Firestone had had discussions about maybe exploring that in season five. Tangent. Somebody then later asked, does that mean we've been confirmed for a season five? You know, what's going on with that? And Vanessa Piazza would neither confirm nor deny, but she clearly knows. Really? Yes. And Chris Holden Reed said he would bet his wolf that they are getting a season five. He said if they do not get a season five, he will never play a wolf again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he said that before, hasn't he? That that he's not playing a wolf again after Lost Girl. After Lost Girl. Yeah. But I thought that was that was cute. But in response to the question I asked him about exploring Dyson's past, he mentioned a historical period he thought would be interesting to explore would be like the 1920s when Trick and Dyson have come over to, you know, North America and and that sort of era. Somebody, of course, asked about the tango scene in episode 401 in memoriam. And he said he was kind he and Vanessa actually both said they were kind of worried they wouldn't be able to pull it off just because of, of time restraints and, you know, they're not a huge budget show. But he was really pleased the way that it came together. And he felt like, you know, kind of the day before they were supposed to shoot it, it finally gelled. And he's like, okay, we can do this. And he gave a lot of credit to Ksenia Solo saying that she spent probably twice as much time rehearsing with the choreographer than he or KC did. And then Zoe being Zoe made a funny joke about how hard she worked on her part in that scene as the extra standing off on the, to the side in the crowd, but nobody ever asks her about it. And <laughs> <laughs> Last week, somebody had asked Anna and Ksenia about Bo and Kenzie's New Year's resolutions they gave some good answers and they asked the question again this week to to Chris and and Zoe and I thought you would appreciate this Chris Zoe mentioned that Lauren's new year's resolution would be eating more pizza and beer <laughs> uh of course it is but eating it with who well, that's my thing. I'm like, it was a good thing <laughs> my microphone was muted at that point because I think I did yell, and you're eating it with Crystal, right? <laughs> Hot pantsless forever! <laughs> but uh, but it, Chris Holden Reed uh, joked that Dyson's New Year's resolution would be to eat less pizza and beer. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, But I thought you would appreciate that. That Zoe referenced eating pizza and beer. Now, I would also accept, you know, I think there are many people who would also not mind if Lauren used the pizza and beer tactic on other people on the show, namely Bo. So, <laughs> so that is also way, acceptable. Yes. <laughs> either way, I think that that was an encouraging response from Zoe. Encouraging or playing to the crowd? <laughs> well, maybe a little of both. <laughs> 
I also asked kind of a silly question about eating pizza on set because I always think the pizza looks really cold and horrible. And so they had, since Zoe had broached the topic of beer and pizza, I was like, so, you know, about that, all that pizza y'all have to eat. And, and actually Vanessa jumped in and was like, the pizza is hot. What are you saying? I would never feed cold pizza to my actors. And, and, and Chris <laughs> and Zoe confirmed that they do actually heat, you know, it at least starts out hot and they get to specify which type of pizza that they would like. So they might all be eating different pizza. They are very sensitive to, you know, dietary restrictions. Like, you know, Anna and Casey are both vegetarian. And to that effect, Chris said that, that in the hot dog scene, at the end of La Fée Epoque, they actually all were eating gluten-free vegan hot dogs, which both Chris and Zoe said were pretty disgusting. But Zoe, Zoe said, actually, I was hungry, though, so I think I ate two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I also asked Zoe about where Lauren is at in regards to her relationship with Bo, because while it was, it seemed pretty clear at the end of the third season that she still loved Bo, you know, she she asked Bo to take a break and she went off with Taft. And and I asked her if she thought Lauren was sort of in the place to have a relationship with Bo. And she said that she thought she, she, that she just needed time. And especially at the beginning of season four, she's got a lot of other stuff going on for herself that is not related to Bo. And she's really trying to take care of herself in a lot of ways. And, and, I, and I, I liked hearing that because I think it was kind of difficult for some fans to see Lauren just sort of leave at in um I believe she leaves in Adventures and Babysitting. She just, you know, packs up and puts her necklace in the drawer and just kind of goes and doesn't say goodbye to Bo. And I think it's important to recognize that yes, that might seem like kind of a harsh, cold thing to do. I think Lauren really was trying to take care of herself in that moment. Yep. I mean, end of season three was I mean, let's be honest, it was really hard on Lauren. It was really hard on her, and then it got worse. <laughs> <laughs> as things do on TV. I did mean to ask her, but then I forgot. I was going to ask her about Lauren's relationship with Hale, because that's actually a question that I have for this season. We have yet to really see them interact, and they've been in some episodes together, but they haven't really interacted, interacted. And the last time we saw them interact with each other, you know, Hale is an ashole, and tells Lauren she's basically a prisoner in her apartment, and that's part of the impetus for her leaving. So I I'm a little disappointed we haven't seen a scene between the two of them yet in season four. Yeah, now that you mention it, what's up with that? <laughs> and then I must admit, I kind of tuned out on, I didn't tune out, but I missed sort of the question that prompted this response, but I thought it was interesting kind of right after Zoe was talking about Lauren being focused on herself and trying to stay alive and having a lot of people after her. Vanessa mentioned that Lauren has a very different survival method than Kenzie. She runs and she she doesn't really have anybody she could run to for protection like Kenzie does. You know, Kenzie can run to, to Dyson. She can run to to Hale at the end of season three, whereas Lauren really can only run to Bo and Bo is, you know, she couldn't do that in that moment. So I thought that was an interesting observation to make. Which is why we always want Lauren to have another friend. <laughs> Exactly. Lauren needs another friend. <clears throat> Crystal. And <laughs> very subtle. I also asked Chris Holden Reed what he thought about the potential of 
Dyson and Kenzie having a relationship in kind of a bowless world, if if he thought that was a possibility. And he said he didn't really think about it all that much because the romantic stuff that happened between himself and Kenzie happened in, you know, this alternate universe place. He knew it was just for that one episode. So he said he didn't really think about it. And then he got distracted by a huge owl that was outside of his window. <laughs> <laughs> But he did say that he really enjoyed playing that relationship between Dyson and Kenzie. He really loves working with Ksenia and feel like they have good chemistry and they bring a lot to to that relationship when they work together. I also asked a question of sort of all three of them about improvisation and whether that was sort of, you know, encouraged or how much that was a, not not allowed, but you know how much improvisation was there sort of room for on set, given that they are kind of a smaller budget show they have to they can't spend just hours and hours and hours and hours doing a scene but they they all said that they were very well after Chris joked that Vanessa was on set every day with a cattle prod making sure they stuck to schedule you know they they said that <laughs> they really did foster a very collaborative environment on set and and the directors and writers were always very responsive to what suggestions the actors might have. And then there was some like needling between Vanessa and Zoe where Vanessa was like, I forget exactly what she said, but the, 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 the subtext or the main text of the statement was don't, don't say that thing that you improvised in that one episode that's coming up because it's totally going to spoil stuff. So. <laughs> But Vanessa did say that there was, because I asked about like uh, improvised lines that made it into the show that they were proud of. And Vanessa did bring up a reaction. It wasn't a line, but it was a reaction that Zoe had to a line that was not directed at Lauren, but she added like this re reaction as if it had been. And it was very funny. And they kept it. It made it into the final episode. And Chris said he thought it was in the episode that had just aired in Canada. So he thought it was in Destiny's Child. So I'm curious now to go back and watch. I'm guessing it would have to be in the scene. Probably it would be in the scene with, with Dyson and Lauren and Bo and the Crows. But maybe it's somewhere else. As everybody goes and like cues up the episode. <laughs> But it was a really fun call. Chris and Zoe are always such, you know, a delight to to talk to. Chris, like I said, is is kind of spazzy. Somebody on the phone call, it was I'm guessing it was maybe one of the people one of the people, one of the interviewees, because they mute us when we're not talking. And, but somebody was like tuning their guitar. And both Chris and Zoe played guitar, but I feel like Chris would be more likely to be doing that during a PR call. <laughs> I think anybody who has seen, you know, an interview with Chris also suspects that he's the more likely one. <laughs> well, I also thought it was interesting. I forgot to mention this earlier when Chris was talking about shapeshifter mythology and exploring that in Dyson's past. He mentioned that he had read a fan fiction where somebody had explored that. So I thought that was nice. A little little shout out to the fact that he is might not reading everything probably, but is aware of some stuff that's going on out there in fan fiction. But thank you again to Chris, Zoe, and Vanessa for taking the time to chat with it would seem like maybe just four of us, but it was it was a lot of fun. Like I said, Kevin and his colleagues over at Tuning Into Sci-Fi TV will be playing clips from the interview in one of their upcoming episodes. I will be sure to post a link to that. 
if you want to listen to my kind of summary of the highlights of the interview that I got to sit in on with Anna Silk and Ksenia Solo last week, you can go check those out over at drinksatthedoll.com slash 36. The last 10 minutes or so of that episode is where I discuss the things that were talked about on that phone call. So I'm so glad you could join us for Drinks at the Doll. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Chris. Thank you so much for listening. Cheers. Cheers.